Hello and welcome to the Pub Meeple Podcast. I'm Gary. Chuck here. Proper Brian. Just Brian. Right, well, uh, this this episode we have uh, some special topics to talk about. Um, Very special. Yeah. First off, the Bryans they go back to school. Where? Uh, we'll talk a little. They'll, they'll tell you a little bit more about their experience going back to the elementary school. <laughs> yes. And um, remedial. It's like in the, it's like it's like in the movies when <laughs> someone goes, "No, it's not. It's not like the movies at all." No, but it was great. Great time where we get to hang out with a bunch of uh, kids and do like this Billy Madison thing. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> or not like that at all. <laughs> and then uh, then we we. Uh, um, recently got back from uh, our second year of attending uh, Criticon. Yes. Uh, this little kind of small gaming weekend. Exclusive. Uh, oh, yeah. Ex- mm, exclusive. Invite only. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're special. Where, where, where we got to test out some prototypes, and we'll tell, talk a little bit about those, and then talk a little bit about um, a special prototype uh, that Chuck has. Mm. Uh, that, that's been mentioned before. It, it has. It, it has, but not in a while. Update. Yeah, update. Pub date. Okay, never mind. Let's never do that again. (laughs) Hey, 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 before we move on to the episode, hey, uh, we just want to throw a a quick shout-out. We want to maybe try to take some questions from uh, you people out there. And so if you have some questions you'd like us to answer, here's the deal. All you've got to do is send those questions to pubmeeple at gmail.com, and guess what? Since there's only five of you, it's guaranteed we'll talk about it on the show. So yes. if you want to hear your In question, the next talk- five episodes, <laughs> you you got a shot at hearing your question answered. The odds are high. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, all right. Well, okay. Grab a brew, sit down, and get ready for the next Pub Meeple podcast. Guys, we're podcasting. Uh, we're back again. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been a little while for, um, for our listeners. It has it, but for us, it it's, it's has. Been, it's been a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, let's go ahead and, as we always do, get started with our brews, and then we got a couple special topics we'd like to talk about tonight. Just Brian, I, we had this this past, a week ago, but tell us what you got. I, I guess everybody's had this at this point, right? Did no. you have this, Brian? I had a taste of it. Proper Brian. Had, yes. Did you, I? Yes, you did. did yeah, I? that was the wheat beer. Oh, that was the yeah. orangey one. This is the orangey yeah, one. So this is a this okay. is a wheat beer. So I can't remember if it was the last time or two times ago I talked about the, uh, the blue moon that I had, but that was yeah. a that was a wheat beer, and this is the uh, I've been I've been kind of into wheat beers lately, like beers Some good that wheat where beers. The, where the where the the malt is made from wheat instead of barley or something else. And um, Shuck and I recently we went to Pappy Slocum's. We had their Uberweiss, which may be the smoothest wheat beer I've ever had, but I still think this is probably my favorite, and it's the Dogfish Head Namaste. White Belgian style wheat beer, and it's uh, we had it at, at our last weekend at Criticon. I yeah. think everybody's had a little bit because I brought some, and I, I was, enjoyed it. I I'm it really good. digging the flavor. Now, here's the thing: it's very, it's very different. So when you first, you know, drink it, it's going to have a flavor to it. But sometimes I like beers that have flavors, even if they're kind of a bold flavor up front, because as your as your palate numbs as the night goes on, it still has a flavor. It doesn't yeah. like kind of, it doesn't taste, you know watery or, or it doesn't lose its flavor as the night goes on. So anyway, Namaste. And, and honestly, the Dogfish Head beers in general, um, whether it's like an IPA or something like that, uh, they're going to be the some of the best. So if you don't like their version of whatever that beer is, you probably don't like that kind of beer. So yeah. that's that's well, my two cents. Well, speaking of flavor, uh, <laughs> Chuck and I flavor. have a beer. What's this called, Chuck? Hazelutely Choctabulous. 
Wait, say that again. Say that again. Hazel Lutley Chocktabulous. Hazel by Rose. Lutley. It's a it is, uh, mix. It is so chocolatey. Of it's a delicious. hazelnut brown nectar and chocolate stout. And uh, yeah, what, what were Man, you saying, Chuck? Uh, so speaking of the Pappy Slocums, which by the way is a, like a local brewery here. Uh, I had a chocolate. What was it called? It was uh, the porter that they had. The por- I, I it was it was a delicious chocolatey porter. Which really? I'm, I'm. They have getting... two chocolates. They have the one that that, that Gary likes, the oh. Shipper Dust that you've talked about. That's that's have pretty easy one? to find. But the, but the porter is very chocolatey. Oh man! But I'm, it's I'm more beer these. than chocolate. So if you want that, like if you want it to taste like a beer, but you still like the chocolate, almost like the fifteen fifty four. I think man, Sean's got I'm, it. I'm get I'm getting into these like chocolate. What beers, was it called? Man. Uh, I Porter. I think okay. it's just a Porter. It's their something. Porter. No, it, it has a name, but it's their Porter. I, I don't know. It's, it's the only one they call their it, Porter. The Founders Breakfast Stout doesn't have like the, the chocolate. The Founders oh, Breakfast Stout is, yeah, too. and it's still it's still up there. Oh, I'm, I, I honestly, guys, I want a beer to still taste like beer though. So the more it tastes like something else, the more I'm like, yeah, that's fun and that's okay. But then I kind of run away. But but you guys, especially Sean, he really. Man, I'm I'm digging these chocolate yeah. ones, and this one this one's good. It's like I mean, it says here, candy bar in a bottle. It it's a candy bar. It's in got the a bottle. picture of a bar of chocolate on yeah. the on the label. So say it again, uh, Hazel, <laughs> Hazel Lutley <laughs> Chocktabulous, man. What's the brewery? What's the brewery? It's, that's my Rogue. Okay, it, I've had some good Rogue beers. Yeah, um, man. It says Dare Risk Dream. I'm gonna have to look in my uh, my Untapped app. Do you guys use Untapped? No, it, it keeps track. I just use beer. I like just beer, look up it's stuff like on social beer media app for beer. Like I get achievements oh. for all the beers I have. Like he has achievements. I've, I've, uh, so is it like the board game so, app that you use? Kind of, you yeah, like I, I've, I've had so many uh, like brown ales that it's like, oh, you've so got you like level four brown ale drinks. I want to do. This. Yeah, this I track awesome. what I drink. Like I do games because if if he's like, if he That's says so hey, awesome. if someone if a friend tells me, remember that time we had that chocolate stout at Pappy Slocum's and which I wish I'd had it, but let's say I'd had. I can everybody go back was, like 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 my everybody like a board was game invited man. by the way. I, can, I know, Don't but get I, just, salty I could make me. it. I can go back and go. That's what it was by you know it was this this is such and such beer. And uh, although for a while there I wasn't recording them, and I, and during that period I, I drank a chocolate quad that was amazing, and then now I can't. Remember no. what it was. Yeah, you know, those are the dark ages of history yeah. when you weren't recording your. <laughs> speaking, speaking of y'all not coming, I missed out on mint delivery, which is yeah. Good. So that's uh, so. I mean, we're not really at that segment yet, but yeah. So Chuck and I met up at Pappy's Locums this last Saturday. I think we got to try whatever beers, except for the IPAs. We avoided all IPAs, but we basically got to. I think collectively, we we shared each other's, uh, sipped each other's a little bit just so we can try them all. All the beers that I don't think we've tried yet from their brewery. I love their brewery. Not all their beers are like top rung winners, but they all taste different. They all have like some re- really interesting character to them, even if they're not your favorite. Like you didn't really like the eighty shillings, but I did. No, not at all. I, um, I don't like malt. It's beers. very malty. But and, and then we got to play. Uh, we got to play mint delivery because I said, "Hey, we got thirty minutes. What can we bust out in thirty minutes?" Mint delivery, brand new Kickstarter game. Chuck games. Got. Is that it the was, one that you were really telling fun. me about? It's one pretty fun. It's oh, a pick I up and deliver. Yeah, so you guys missed out on a great night. Oh. What are you bring, What are you drinking, <laughs> Proper Brian? Uh, thanks to uh, the generosity of, of Gary sitting across the table from me, um, I'm drinking a homebrewed Three Philosophers yeah. style mm. beer. And uh, just Brian, you introduced me to the uh, Three Philosophers and. Uh, this one is good. It's not quite as good as the yeah. the one we had before, but it's a little fruitier. It's still it's still really good. Now I can't take credit. I think Gary was the original bringing three philosophers into our group. That was a long time ago. I think that's proper Brian's favorite. But it? at this point, <laughs> at this point, it probably is. It's it's kind of replaced some other beers as a staple 
among our group, I think. Like yeah, if, it's, it's, it's pretty tasty. good. If there's a four-pack of three philosophers, each one of us Be wants Be careful. It will knock you on your feet. So that's an yeah. Omega. Uh, three philosophers is an Omegong brew. It just really hits on all the notes. Probably my favorite beer of all time. I think maybe it's one of my, one of yours, uh, Gary? It's, it's in my top. I think 1554 is still my favorite. Really? But it's, really? Uh, okay. Three philosophers is probably two or three. Interesting. Okay. I guess getting back on the subject of games, although uh, this beer is really great, so I could talk about this for a while. So, uh, Proper Brown and Just Brown, you guys, and this was some time back, but there's an experience they've, they've kind of been meaning to share, and it'll kind of tie in with some stuff later in the episode. You guys want to kind of tell us about uh, your experience with, uh, was it elementary school? Or? Sure, yeah. So, a uh, couple months ago now, Brian and I were invited um, to go to a, a, a local uh, private elementary school here in town, and uh, for the purpose of kind of giving some feedback to some of these kids who are actually designing some games um so as kind fifth, of a, fifth and sixth graders uh fifth fourth and fifth graders fourth and fifth graders yeah okay. so they are uh, in this class that it's kind of an extra class that you know they get to participate in and the first semester of school they uh write a story they, they come up with a world and they write a story about it and then the second semester of the school year they create a game based on their the world that they've written about or that they've created and so we had the opportunity the uh the privilege i'd say to go out there and talk to them about their games and give them some feedback and some hopefully some helpful pointers uh it was it was really fun so my experience so brian says hey will you will you come to this thing with me and i was was thinking sure you know we'll we'll go we need to preface this real quick one of the reasons that we got asked to come is because of a lot of the videos that just Brian had made for, for, for YouTube the, for on, the DIY for, yeah, yeah for the prototyping stuff. So, so he, he says, let's go to this thing. Um, they've been watching the YouTube videos. They've been prototyping some board games and I'll be honest. I'm thinking the same thing you're thinking. I'm thinking this is going to be a lot of roll and move games, a lot of, you know, um, shoots and ladders, monopoly style kind of things, mostly shoots and ladders. I was, I, I wasn't expecting much. We show up, we're like celebrities, which is hilarious to me because these kids are like, they, they've been they've been kind of seeing us on video for a while, and I get that because when I edit video, I see our guests like at crit, uh, or not Criticon, but uh, at a at the Wessex Tabletop Con, like the the people who come and join us and game with us. I see their faces for for like a month while I'm editing, so I get to know that person pretty well. And then I, I see them the next year, and they're like, "Oh, it's you!" So they've kind of been doing that with us. We show up, and I don't know any of these kids, but they know us, and they know my name, and. It's like I'm their old friend, and it's they're really excited. So that was kind of cool. It was a cool moment for me. But more importantly, we got to their games. Man, I was blown away. Like, I'll be honest with you. Like, if these kids keep designing games, um, we got a future of awesome game designers coming up, not just with these particular kids, but if this is, like, any indication of what's coming up with games, these kids are designing games that are leaps and bounds beyond anything I was thinking about when I was a fourth or fifth grader. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's it's... It's amazing. Some of them aren't even playing the games that we're playing today, but they're still intelligently designing. Now, now, obviously, one of them was. One or two of them were uh, playing some of these games. So I have a list. It's been a while. We haven't really thought about these games for a while, but uh, just to kind of give you guys an idea, there's eight, eight different games we looked at, and I just kind of want to give you an idea of, of the kind of things that we saw. So uh, <laughs> I'm just looking at these. Um, I was thinking about uh, Shuck when I saw this one. It was, think of Candyland, right? Candyland. Okay. Yeah, Gingerbread Man. Gingerbread Man. Yeah, but, but like turning over cards and, and movement with cards instead of dice roll. Mm-hmm. 
But with something like a, uh, what I would attribute to like a, uh, a Mario Kart combat style. Like if you can add Mario Kart to Candyland... Like I'm like sitting here thinking I would play this game <laughs> with my game. kids. Like 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 this is so much better than Candyland, and I don't know where this they came. I, I think we were asking her about it, and she was we're like, do you like to like fight with your brother or sister? She's like, oh yeah, you know this is like she was like thinking about her brother and sister, and I would like to play Candyland, but I also want to cremate them at some point, like in the game. And there's so it's just some card combat along with card movement, just things like that that I was like. Okay, now that's cool, you know. Yeah, one kid had a what you wrote down was an adventure game. It was it was kind of a it was a, like an overland dungeon crawl kind of thing uh, going on where you're adventuring around. It's almost and, like a mage night game, right? But yeah. made by a yes. fifth, by a fifth grader. That's right. what I thought while he was describing it to us. I'm like, this is like mage night, right? I was like, it's crazy. Yeah, he had like these different locations on the map that you'd have to go to and visit to do things, and he had these decks of cards that it all. I mean, it was it was. It was pretty intense. Now, what was really cool about this was because of their first semester, they all had maps that they had made. Yes. And these maps weren't part of the game, but it was about this world that they wrote about. And this kid's map, which were which these maps are already pretty freaking cool. Like, they, they were something you would frame and put on your wall anyway. These maps... Think of like it maybe like a Japanese style ink painting kind of kind of thing, or, mm-hmm. or like a like a like a sepia Lord of the Rings kind of map. His map matched his game, right? And that was wow. what was so cool about like his game was like he's not only like he's actually got a backstory to his game, and it really seemed like he was wanting to bring people into his world. It's like he it's like he took the story that he wrote and really. Like made an adventure game ba- right. you know, based on it. Now that seems pretty obvious, and 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 um, and I I, I want to just segue. I don't want to talk about all these games, but I do want to say that there's one game that this girl made that I don't think she was a gamer. Like he was the guy who made the map game, the adventure game. He was clearly a gamer. He even told us he played games. This girl uh, we talked about. We asked her if she played a lot of games. She really didn't. But here's the interesting thing: she had like these four, like it was a two by two grid, or like a you know like a like a grid of four, mm-hmm. and it was a card playing game, where uh, the the notes I wrote was like it was like you, you it was a four up to a four player game, four heroes. It was like kind of like a fighting game where you played cards and you laid down cards and you would play. Uh, I want to even say there might have been a, like a team based system to that. I'm not not hundred percent sure about that. It's been a while. I can't remember. No, what but, I remember about it was it was like you had a grid you played into like each. So each quadrant of the board was like split into several different space, spaces. That's right. right? That's right. Yes. And, yes. Yeah. And so uh, you 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 were choosing where to play your cards into these into these that's grids right. to fight your opponents. Like, and it, it was a it wasn't a cooperative game at all. It was a, it was a competitive game. That's right. Yeah. But you were You've fighting got that right. against got that you know, right. three other people if you're playing a four player game. But uh, kind of the spatial aspect of how you lay these cards down was really interesting. Which 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 fascinated me about it was. Like, we talked to her a bit. We kind of interviewed her a little bit. And it didn't seem like she played games like Magic. She didn't, it didn't seem like she played games This was very where, much a card combat. Yeah, and like, she had kind of derived this abstract card game where she was fighting other players, and it was kind of a battle royale style if you had more than two players. Uh, but it wasn't spatial like what we see with most of these younger kids that are making these games where you roll and move or you play a card and you move. But she was she she had abstracted battle into cards and into ser- like literally a quadrant style 
Mm-hmm. And that, honestly, I think her game blew me away more than most others because it was more like what you would expect to see like an Essentials of Multiverse mm-hmm. kind of game. Something of that nature that was, I don't know, what I assumed was beyond the, the, the prospect. And then the last thing I want to talk about, unless you want to talk about some other, Brian, is um, free tacos. Uh, <laughs> kids are awesome. You guys need to be playing games with your kids. These these kids have an imagination that we don't have. And this girl, I don't know how many cards she had made for her game. She even told us, like, no, there's cards you haven't even seen. And she had all these cards sleeved and everything. I don't remember tons about her game, unfortunately, because it was a while back. But it was uh, something to the effect of you would move around this land, you do these different things, and there's a space where, uh, like, like the free tacos cards were, were just, like, the funniest thing on the planet. Or where they me. just came up randomly out of yeah, the deck, I and, think. And, and, and you would get free tacos. And I remember asking her it's like what's with the tacos and she was like well who doesn't like free tacos who doesn't like- that's what she told <laughs> us yeah you think about a four, like you think about a fourth grader and you're like and we we would ask her like why did you include this and i think that was her that was her response just really like everybody likes free tacos <laughs> well, she said it with why a grin on her face too like she knew it was kind of a joke but, but she, if somebody but- pitched that game to me i would say you win you know like like <laughs> i will i will if i was i wish i was a publisher so i could publish your game at this point. Anyway, there's other games we can't talk about. I mean, it, it goes on and on. Um, we It was a fantastic day for me. It was, it, was a, a, it was a surprising day. It was a very surprising day. It was day, a lot of fun. And I didn't expect what I what I walked into. And I, I walked away with the biggest grin on my face. Um, like, like I, I feel like I don't, I don't need to know publishers. I don't need to know other game designers. We can do stuff like that. And I feel, I feel full. You know, like it was a, it was an awesome day. Shuck and Gary missed out. You guys are losers. Mm, totally. Uh, it was, it was totally. A, <laughs> I'm going to agree. I'm going to that. But if we get invited again, if you guys want to come, we'll, oh, we'll, uh, we'll bring you I'll in and, and uh, you guys can, you guys can play some. I want to see this. I actually wanted to play some of these games. Like, I think that was a, the, the hardest part for me was like leaving going, realizing, because I didn't know what we were getting into. So when we we're leaving, some of the, they, they told me some of these kids aren't coming back. Because I wanted to see what like year two was going to bring, and could we actually come back and play these games after some of our feedback, after some development, some playtesting. Free said, tacos, the expansion. And I think like <laughs> most of the kids, most of the kids, they said no, this is their last year here. And I, there was like an element of sadness. Like I was kind of like, oh, like thanks, proper Brian, for bringing me into this wonderful world of young game designers and then ripping it my heart away. That was yeah. We'll was, see if they do this, but you know, we kind of just encouraged everyone we could just hey hey keep after this like yeah. this is this is cool keep i hope doing i this. hope we get in touch with at least one or two of these guys later on as they grow up and i hope they keep up with this so well i guess kind of in the spirit of uh kind of prototyping and such you guys want to go ahead and talk a little bit about a, a recent experience was about a week ago i guess well, just Brian, you want to kind of explain Criticon, and then well, maybe we can launch. Yeah, it I've been talking a lot, so I'll, I'll I'll go brief, and then I'll let you guys take over. So Criticon, our good friend talks from from Crits Happen, also Scott Morris, some of you know him by who is the president of Passport Games. He invites us to Criticon every year. It's something that they they've been doing for a while, but this is our second year to go, and and really, uh, I think the primary opportunity is for us to playtest prototype games that up-and-coming game designers or maybe established game designers that are they just have new games in mind we they just have an opportunity to kind of showcase that i think that is actually the main drive but what happens a lot of times is we just get together with uh, people and play games so it's kind of a weekend of a, of a retreat for us 
and we look at it as a retreat. Like when we go, we're very intentional with the four of us to interact with them when we're there. But then when we're not there, the four of us, we get to connect and kind of, it's like our, I don't know, our yearly kind of powwow for the four yeah, of us. I, I really enjoyed it. It's the second, like you said, it's the second year we've done yeah. it. And um, like this year, we had like a pretty epic Eclipse game. Yeah. Because three of us had played. Shuck hadn't. We introduced Shuck to Eclipse. I think it was great. It's, it's a fantastic weekend that, that we have an, an opportunity to enjoy. And, uh, and I think what we want to talk about is not just our experience, but maybe some of the prototypes. I think that's what people Definitely. are going to be interested in, right? Hey, guys. I got to play 1,000 Goblins. 1,000 Goblins. 10,000 Goblins, actually. 10,000. Yes. What is 10,000 Goblins? And what is it now? Not necessarily what was it, but what is it now? It's kind of, okay, how, how, would, you, how would you classify that Chuck? game? It's, it's a dice chucking? It's kind of a like a pressure luck, um, like inspire, a, or a courier's inspired game. Where it's kind of like, a, like a card dungeon crawly kind of game? Yeah. 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 It's very car dungeon crawly. You get it's to, a lighter dungeon crawly. It's, yeah. it, the dungeon crawl is more abstract. You get to upgrade your. You are the character. You don't really have a character. You are the character, and you get to upgrade that character as you go with abilities that are going to be realized through the roll of a dice. Yeah, and the abilities are, are like, for example, if you you get a um, like a fire die, you can either use that as like a one as a roll. You can roll it as like an attack, and you'll have a little card that tells you. You roll it, it does X amount of damage to X amount of enemies, or you can put it as like a lock it in as like an enchantment, so that every time you you roll your, because you, like your generic dice, every they, every time they come up on a certain symbol, oh now I'm triggering this enchantment, and there's like an armor die. So it's like a one-time use versus a possible reoccurring. Yeah, and, and that's kind of yeah. where the the Quarriers inspired. You have several different uh, options of things that you can purchase based on the and when the you upgrade ears. When you, you upgrade, get. if you if you don't want to buy the fire dice, you can buy the lightning dice or the yeah. armor dice that Gary's the, about to talk about. Or yeah. there's there's so many dice you can buy that you can put into your pool, and that kind of starts to create yeah. some kind of asymmetry to your character versus other people Which, that you're playing around the table. This year, Michael Abramson is the the designer, and he um. Yeah, we also should say he's he's. Like he's shown this game to some publishers, and yeah. we want to highly recommend that somebody pick this up. Yeah, he. Yeah. I think he had a lot of success last year, <laughs> sure. and the game was good last year. But then when we played it again this year, you could tell that he he put a lot of love, a lot of polish on it. He like it's he very took, different this year. Than he it took was away last some year. things. Like it used to be that you would just like pull one card every time, and like you're just kind of pushing your luck. Now. You go into the dungeon, and the push-your-luck part is you say, well, I think I can take four goblins on, four cards. But some of those goblins bring other reinforcements. It's kind of a bidding game now. It's kind of a little bit of a bid to it. Than last time. And then sometimes your your hand's almost forced because you see someone getting so far ahead of you, and you really don't know that you can do four, but you've got to do four to keep up. Um, It's good. It it was interesting for me because I I, I actually, last year, I mean, to be honest, I, I looked at it, and I saw this massive board with lots of information, and I... Walk the other way. And probably was, lots of dice too. Right? It was it was a little yeah. too overwhelming. I think the board um, turned Sean away the, last year. Yeah. This year, yeah, this year he. I mean, I had a hard time just giving any kind of constructive criticism at all. I mean, it, it's it's a very polished game at this point. The, he took the board away. It's a very simple board now, and instead you have cards like kind of like the couriers. Once once you get the die, then you actually have the card that you look at. But you don't have to actually. You don't even have to lay them out in front of you. You can just keep them in a stack and go through them whenever you need to use it, and it, it really frees up space oh, yeah. on on the board, and it doesn't clutter it up. It doesn't, it doesn't look make as it overwhelming. Either, yeah. It's not yeah. intimidating. That's the thing. So 
I, I was very excited to play it that way. I think that was a great improvement. It needed to be done. I, oh, yeah. I didn't play the where the goblins come out over and over and over, but they say that it, it bogged the game down a little bit. You kind of were waiting on other people. This yeah. one with the selecting, like you go in and you say, I want this much. Uh, it reminds me a lot about other other games. Uh, I, I can't think of one at the moment, but where you just you decide a number, but you know that it can get worse for you. Yeah. But but you have an idea based on your dice pool of, I think I can take this. Yeah. And I might an be able to decision. I might be able to take a little bit more, but it's it's a one time thing. You do it, you're done, and then the next person goes. I enjoyed it. Did you I, like it? I of all the prototypes, I mean, obviously it's it's been in the works for a while. It's it's yeah, it's, it's very the polished. The more polished the uh, but I, I enjoyed it the most. I can see Gary's love. <laughs> I told him. I told the same thing I told him last year. Fanboy. I want to know when it's going to get published. Yeah, it should be. And when it does, I want like I'm I'm following them on Facebook because yeah. I want to pre-order this game. Like, it should I wanna, be. So we need to like start some kids. kind of petition, and, and we were even talking about potential publishers. So oh, yeah. so let's so briefly before we move on to the next game. <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> we got we got to talk. And, and, and the story, the way I tell the story isn't is funny. So maybe you guys need to do it. But if you've if you followed us before, you know that we've given Gary a hard time about being a fanboy of this game. Well, we're at the hotel that night. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the day we're detoxing at the end of the night, and, uh, and Gary's like over there snoring in the bed. He's out, and we're he's, talking about he, the day. He's, he's snoring, and we're like, "This is what I like. This is what I didn't like. This was okay. This was whatever." And then we start talking about ten thousand goblins. <laughs> I think what was said was something to the effect of. Um, uh, it doesn't even matter what was said. Such and such and such, ten thousand goblins, and in in the in like, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, Gary just just comes out of his stupor and and into back into the conversation. So yeah. that tells you what how good well, this game I, is. It can bring Gary out of the deepest sleep yeah. back into some cognizant intellectual conversation oh, about how oh, yeah. good oh. this, this game was. It's like that Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he came bursting through that wall. It was kind of one of those wall. moments where my kids think I'm asleep on the couch when I said I'm just in a dad coma and I'm resting my eyes. And then they think I don't hear them, and I wake up and go, you can't do that, you know, or like, turn that off, you know. And so um, they don't think I'm, like, yeah. I'm, I'm so, somewhere there, I, I barely, like. I think you were a little more asleep than you think you were. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I'll say this. I enjoyed quite a, you know, uh, some, some nice brews, and then we got back to the room, and, and I, I had another brew, and I was like, man, I was like, I was ready to go to bed. But then you guys kept talking, and then I hear, I hear 10,000 goblins. I just, I just vaguely remember. I, I remember it, and I remember you guys laughing, and I went right back to sleep. I think really we were like, oh, yeah. hysterics. It was more yeah. like we just we couldn't stop laughing. No, man, it was pretty funny. I mean, I guess last I, – I guess kind of – we can go on another game after, after here in a sec. I just I will say, like, it was – for me – being my second time, my second year to, to play that game, and just talking about like prototyping and all, and all the talks we've had, and like watching talking to you guys is, is you know, particularly uh, Proper Brian and Chuck have a couple games they've, they've worked on, and kind of watching games evolve. It was really cool just to kind of go back this year, see what Michael's done with it, and like even some of the changes. I was like, man, I, I wish I really liked the way it was before. But then I would look at it and say, but but the way he 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 changed one thing to improve five other things, you know? And it's like, well, I mean, I'll give that little sacrifice 
to like have all these other things get so much better. And um, ah, it, was, it was really great. So, like I said, I mean, it, it was cool to so come cool back to and see, see a game year two of its development it, after he's. I mean, there's been a lifetime of changes he's made, and there's been some heartache that he's had over this last year at conventions, pitching it to different publishers. And we get to we get we have a cool opportunity. We've always kind of been this way. We've always been on the outside. Uh, Proper Brian and Shuck both design games. I'm I'm, I'm inspired to now, but. But they they've been in this before. They've they they know what it feels like having your baby kind of interrogated by other people, and, and kind of uh, kind of broken apart. We've done that for other people, and we've always kind of felt like it was a service. Like, hey, we're helping you by breaking your game. Yeah. But um, some people didn't take it that way. Well, but regardless, that's always been kind of our position on the outside. And this is the first time that I've I think we've maybe as a group have seen somebody's game almost two different cross sections, two different snapshots of a game that has been developed, of a guy who has gone through the same crap the rest of you game designers have gone through, but have come through and kind of stuck with it. And it was really cool. Yeah. And it's paid off. Like, this game, regardless of whatever happens to it in the future, the game is better. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a good it's game. Well, it's, it's ready. It, it just needs some polishing and some really nice artwork. And I don't want to dominate the conversation with, like, um, too much about this one designer, Michael, but he had another game that he... Um, what was the gentleman yeah, he, he, he was co-designed with, uh, with? Yeah, Jeff Dowd, which okay. um, they had, uh, which was the first time we've met Jeff. Yeah, uh, he wasn't there last year. Magnificent but beard, by the way. Oh man, Sorry. yeah, Jeff, uh, we we love your. I asked your, him what what, what beard, beard products he used. <laughs> but the first time we met Jeff, and and honestly, really great guy, uh, Jeff, and they they've uh, come up with this game called Uptake, which we all got to play. Uh, it's a Jenga tower, semi-Jenga tower, with some other elements as well. Which I I like Jenga tower stuff, guys. Like like the the dread RGP and stuff like that. I, I think it's pretty cool. I, I like what the Jenga tower does. And this was kind of a cooperative style game that was based on interns. So it's 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 a saving a it's server? an IT based game. It's yes. an information technology where you have a, a server and basically the the story of the game is you're a bunch of interns. Everyone else is gone for the weekend, and uh, you kind of have to keep the server up and running with all of these uh, bugs and viruses and hacks coming at you constantly. So this is what sold me on the game is I sat down. So I work in the IT industry, and I sat down and when they told me that the Jenga tower represented uh, your server, and you'd be manipulating that tower of you know blocks you know throughout the game as things happen to it i was like oh i mean as they explained the game it was like this i deal with this kind of stuff every day like this this is very very thematic to what an it group would have to put up with i mean even to the point of you know so uh, it's a cooperative game so you so you have this kind of escalation of uh, difficulty as the game goes on and the, the way that comes out is these os updates Okay, so but that was particularly brilliant. And when they come out, they fix something, but they also break something else, which is exactly <laughs> what happens when, when a new update comes out. So it felt really thematic, and it was. I had a lot of fun playing it. Having that Jenga tower in the middle of the table was a nice bit of table presence that I enjoyed. And, and if I remember correctly, they came up with this on a plane. Yeah, yeah. So on the way back from Gen Con, they said, "Yeah, we we came up with this on the plane back from Gen Con." And, and by the time we had played it, it's only been a week old, which is just enough time to print the prototype. Like, I think we were some of the earliest. They played it on I Thursday, mean, and then we played it on Saturday. And then we played so it on Saturday, it, It's yeah. still got some work. I mean, obviously. Obviously, it's, it's but, let's, but, but it, let's talk it, about it. Is, let's talk about it as a, let's talk it, about it as it was, a, like a week-old game. It was 
it felt like it had been months old. Yeah. I mean, it, it felt fairly completed other than just tweaking things. Uh, which they they were tweaking things kind of and when I was I guess, talking to them they realized like they even said things like like the dangers of cooperative games like uh Forbidden Island or like Pandemic I mean th- those games all suffer from the same kind of design elements that are possible in breaking a game like that and so the designers are well aware of that I can't imagine like how do you come up with the next pandemic game style game or how do you come up with the next thing like that and not make it like something else i think they have i think they've they've come up with something that once they work out the kinks of this game um it won't be pandemic number two it won't be forbidden island again the thing that i told them that i like the most is they have three areas that you're trying to control and not let it get out of control and all three of them provide a different level of anxiety or tension Um, based on the way that they, you know, work with the cards. In our playtest, so our yeah. playtest was not just the Jenga tower, but there's also there's there's three ways or there's two ways to lose, three tensions. Yeah, the Jenga tower was one way to lose the. You lost users, which users. were tokens. Ten, that, yeah, you had yeah. ten thousand users. You lost them a thousand at a time. And, right? Then you also had cards that you could lose as well. Yeah. But it, just the fact that you had these three areas. Of all this tension, you know, I, I think that makes a good co-op game where you you have things that you have to keep well, worrying about. So, a, a problem that um, a lot of these games have to kind of deal with, and it's just kind of ex- an accepted thing, is the you know, the quarterbacking. Uh, you know, one person being able to kind of control the whole game as the game plays out, like with pandemic, or you know, if one person can look at the game state and say, "Well, you need to do this, and you need to do this," and that's kind of something that is pretty typical in games like this and this game had a little bit of that but you know what it did do is that jenga tower it it forced one person to do this thing right it was always assigned right it was it was assigned so it wasn't like the best person could do it it was like the person who was up for it this round could had to do this thing and so it was like even if someone is deciding some of the other decisions in the game it's like you still have this physical thing you have to manipulate that at that point if it, you know, it's out of that person's hands. The funny story about that is uh, the third time I played this game was after I had a lot of beers, and I was we'd already finished our uh, we'd already finished our our skull game of the year, which I won first. Thanks again. About one second. I won third. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but needless to say, our skull game is where all the beers come out, and uh, and I went back to that game again, and I just sat in on it. Another time after the third iteration or whatever, I'd played it my third time, and I was so good at that Jenga tower. Like something about having a bunch of beer, and and I remember that time going, I don't care, and I would just like thump it <laughs> to the to and the outside it, observers. Everybody else was freaking out the whole time, but that Jenga tower never fell under my my inebriated thumpings. Like so, that's the other thing about the anxiety aspect Jenga. of this game is is adding that dexterity element to a co op mm-hmm. game where you already have anxiety and all this mm-hmm. tension building up. It was good, and then you have this guy. That's you know pushing the block and you're like no not that one and the whole thing's moving and you're don't do it and you're like, this I one it. I love yeah. it. that was my favorite part of the game my favorite part was watching Gary's sausage fingers try to <laughs> move that thing around <laughs> like look when, when we I sat think the down, tower was twisted no, at one was. point right? to, at like, one point they were like stop it stop it and I was like I can't help it um, I'm already going yeah <laughs> it's happening no when we sat down and they, and they pulled out a little jungle tower I almost immediately was like. Mm, this is gonna be a no 
for me, you know, like I'm not, not interested. And then the Jenga tower became my favorite part of it, just having this dexterity element. Like you guys were talking about, like, I think Shug made a good point about there's, there's different areas of like that you have to manage. And like, like a good co-op game, you have to manage various things. And you may be doing really well on a couple fronts, but not so good on another. In our first game, well, we managed to keep users like like a champ when like, we were like getting them, you know, keeping them there. And I think there was, well, I can't remember if we got a couple back through something, but I know we managed them really well. But our Jenga tower looked horrible by the end of the game. Like there was one point, it was like balancing on one uh, on one block <laughs> towards the bottom. And I think we had we had figured out like. There's some you can one of the actions you can do is trade in your cards that are otherwise like pretty valuable to put blocks back in. And so we knew like we could kind of look at the board state and go, look guys, if we can't do this, we're gonna have to move six blocks. Well, well, I can move two back in, and you can move. So we would know like, okay, there's four that are safe for whoever's gonna have to do it. But then there's two that are kind of unknowns. And so the whole time, yeah. And then I, and then there's me like trying to do it, and I'm like. The tower's moving, everyone's screaming, like, Gary, stop, stop. Like, I, don't, I don't know how to get it out. I, I love the idea of the server tower actually being a tower. Oh, yeah. It's so gimmicky, but it works. It works really well. I want to talk about, um, I mean, we're talking about prototypes and getting feedback on them. That's, the, you know, kind of the whole point of this. And so I want to bring up and put uh, Shuck in the spotlight and, and talk about his space perimeter game that we played. Oh, yeah. Uh, with a couple oh, people yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, before we start on that, you guys got to know, Space Perimeter has been our website for a while, but this is a brainchild from the beginnings of Pumeeple. I mean, yeah. we, Space Perimeter has has origins from, like, roots back when Chuck and I used to go running, and Pumeeple was just an idea. Um, so, so Space Perimeter is a game that you can find on our website. Glimmer in your eye. Um, in its, its current state. In its, yeah, in its current state, but but some, some things happened this weekend. Obviously, we've put space perimeter on the on the table multiple times, but and, and this is just a, a a good example of keep putting your game on the table because eventually you will get something that you need. So I'm going to turn it over to so, Shuck. Yeah. So speaking of keeping it on the table, it's actually been kind of shelved for a little while because I've been kind of stuck with the game. Um, it, the game works. It was very functional. Uh, I did a lot of mathematical analysis you know magical things to make it work uh and it worked well i think the numbers really worked but we we tested it and i was trying out what i wanted to try out were some of the um uh modules or expansions have you for the game that we hadn't really tested yet and so we brought we broke one of those out and it needed some tweaking in its own right a couple things just to get it fixed but uh you know i i had some really constructive criticism from the guy that we played it with and it was really good and it was something that i really needed to hear uh like i said because it's been shelved for a while and i i can i didn't know where to go with the game i enjoyed it but it was you know thinking of my game it was like is this a game that i would actually back on kickstarter well i didn't know i and i wasn't sure why and i didn't know what it needed and i thought maybe the modules would help some of that well, anyway, the, the, when we were done playing, the guy tells me, he said, I really like this game, but I don't think I'll ever play it again. And it, it, oh, it hit me in that right spot. We all, we all have games like that, right? Yeah, and, and I was like, well, I don't want my game to be that game. I want right, it to be a exactly. game that I, I want everybody to play. I want this one to be on the shelf and be like, we need to play this. And, and that was something I always kind of struggled with was if, if this were somebody else's game, would I really want to play it? 
Would it be something that would be on my cold block? And and honestly, it, it probably would because I don't know that it's a great enough game to keep on my shelf. And that was something I struggled with. And just hearing it from somebody else, just, man, all kinds of, like, design things kept coming to me right after we finished that and and he gave some really good criticism and good ideas and you know they asked a lot of really good questions like why why is this what is the thematic background the tie-in what are you what are you trying to do here what's the what's the goal what you know made me think about what is really fun about the game and essentially what I'm going to end up doing. I haven't started yet. I'm going to start working on this game again because I just had like an inrush of ideas, like well, all we had, we kinds had, of ideas. We had, uh, I'd say so. I didn't. I, I wasn't there for your play test and the feedback, but I was there for breakfast yes. the next morning. And you and Papa Brian were just this, this back and forth. Flowering. We could change this. We could do that. Well, what if you did this? And Gary and I were like, breakfast is good. <laughs> <laughs> were like, I like my breakfast. So, so here's the idea. You know, we were talking about Ten Thousand Goblins about how you took one thing away to help five other things. And sometimes I think the best thing a game designer can do is to take something away from your game. You you cannot hold on to it because it's something that you love. And this was kind of hard for me for this one because the game is called Space Perimeter. It's based on adding up the perimeter points that face you on the outside of your board. That's been the main focus of the game. It's not anymore. It's not the focus because it's not the most fun aspect of the game. The most fun aspect of the game is colonizing planets. And that was extremely random. And people were frustrated with it because you, know, you didn't always get the colonized card. Well, now we're changing it in a way that everybody can do it and it's easier to do it. And the, the space perimeter part, the actual adding of points, which w- was kind of a mathy thing to it anyway. Like you... People really struggled with the math aspect because you had to, when you covered up a side of a card that faced you, you had to subtract the points that were yeah. facing you, and then you had to add the new points. And so, you know, sometimes you have a negative return on that, and it, it just kind of messed with people. So once you get going, you kind of get yeah, it. Once you got started, it was not but that bad. But for first-time players, it, it always kind of struck a chord with them, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think that's a bad thing. If you want them to replay your game, you, you don't want something that, when they look at that game on the shelf, they're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to play the math part of that. That's, I don't want to do that. So let's find something. Put that on the... Put it on the perimeter. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on the outside. What's the word I'm the, trying to look? The periphery. You on the back end kind of like... Yeah, on the back. So what we've decided is, is we're still going to do the perimeter points, but we're going to make it not as uh, swingy. So it's, it's you know, very minimal points, like a little bit here, a little bit there. You're not going to be adding them up during the middle of the game, so the math part of it is kind of gone. Gameplay will flow faster it, It'll now. flow faster. Now we're going to do it all at the end. And so I think the... just It'll be that, like in-game scoring kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it just it's amazing that this, this one comment struck such a huge chord with me that it, it's like just this flow of ideas that uh, of a game that I've been so stuck with for the last year or two, I mean, really, the the prototype hasn't changed much in a while, and I, I'm really excited. I, I haven't been so, this excited in a while. I think that says something for for playtesting games, though. Like, um, and and people who give feedback, you you want to give honest feedback when you prototype a game or when you ask people to play your game. You need to be ready for the honest feedback because the honest feedback is what's going to improve your game the most. If you're not giving honest feedback, you're not helping the designer, and if you're a designer and you're not wanting honest feedback. Your game's going to suck. This is kind of a moment 
for us that we've kind of seen that here personally. We've always known it as we've given that kind of feedback. We've well, we've, we've had some people push back right. on feedback. We have, and we've always known we're doing the best for them even if they can't see it. This is kind of the first time it's happened to us, like, and in, in specifically to you. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like the thing that we've always known is true. And so if you are a designer, ask for the honest feedback and suck it up. And if you are a playtester, which is usually what most of us are, then give the honest feedback because that's what helps. And if they can't if they can't handle it, then that's kind of their bad because honestly, like it's the best thing that's happened for a game that I don't know, it's kind of been in the stasis world for a long time for us now. because we've we've never really been able to broach like what what can make this game work. In the back of my mind, I probably already knew. I just didn't want to admit it. Because my, my mechanism that I focused on was so unique that I was like, well, I need to focus on that because it's unique. It's different. N- not, I've only seen one game that's even similar to it. And so I, I was like, I, I have to focus on it. But the problem is, is I don't know that that's really the thing that needs to be focused on. Yeah. And, and that was hard initially to just kind of retract it. But, uh, well, you know. I've heard it referenced, too, in the, in the writing world as uh, killing your darlings. Um, and I'm sure that's uh, that's been I'm sure that someone said that about game design too. But it's like you know you got to be willing to kill the thing that uh, is is kind of precious to you about it about a design in some ways. Uh, the thing that you're most that, that it's like oh no I really want this to work I want this to work and uh, but you know being willing to let the game become something so, better you know it's Bri- like so just Brian if you remember this game originally started out as an area control game. Mm-hmm. Which it completely is not. No, at all. it's not. <laughs> and, and who knows, it's where, who knows where it's going to end things up when it's talked about. And when, when, yeah, it's, it's you know, when, when it's finally finished, who knows where it'll end up? I mean, there may be some more uh, more big changes. That, you we'll know, see. We'll, we'll report back, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll report, report back. back. We'll get some play tests. So, um, just to finish this conversation about Criticon, because I think Criticon was more than just these prototypes, it was kind of an experience of of getting to see people again, like most oh, yeah. conventions of that, that you've seen before, old friends, new experiences. So, um, Shuck, do you have your favorite moment of Criticon? Like, what my, was your favorite? My favorite moment? Yeah, what, what was your favorite thing, like, the game or conversation? My favorite moment was... Was it somebody destroying your game of Space Perimeter? Is that your favorite Well, that, moment? Was, that was good. My, my favorite moment was probably... The uh, the freeze ray in Ten Thousand Goblins when I had this epic moment of like I'm destroying a bunch of goblins mm. and then I lost, but the <laughs> the best game had to have been Altiplano. Oh, Altiplano, okay. that, that was good. for me. That was kind of an Orleans killer a little yeah, bit. Totally it just did it. a lot of things the right ways and streamlined some things and mm. add some spatial yeah. aspects. What's funny it, about this game really is cool. last year at Criticon. We we said, hey, we're going to play Orleans. It was Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Yeah, it's it's after the night festivities. And it was just the four of us. And I guess in my mind, when we started it, I was thinking, we're just going to play this game real quick and then we'll rejoin everyone. But it ended up being like an all-morning, like, only us thing. And I, it was, <laughs> was kind of like... Leave us alone. It's yeah. it's just the, oh. well, we're shout, on the back porch. The pub shout, only, big, you know. Big, big shout out to Mariana for teaching us that game. So yeah, this oh, year yeah. it was yeah. us and Mariana, and we're like, I think that was what it was. Is like we're like, all right, this year you're part of the pub. 
<laughs> yeah. Welcome, oh. because it's just us, you, and Altiplano, <laughs> and everybody else can just go enjoy their Sunday morning. She taught that game really well. I, yeah, it was a good game. I, um, man, I so much, so much I liked about it. Um, I will say my favorite like moment or game was uh, that three player game with Scott Morris, yes. um, Just Brian, and myself of uh, Blood Bowl Team Manager, which yeah. is a game that oh, it, is like it wasn't Hell Hydra. No, oh no, I I, I know a lot of people like. It seemed, <laughs> that seems like we on the the hot like a uh, pretty hot game right now, but no. I, Did that, that game come flat. out? I didn't know that game came out. I keyed. Yeah, it it, it just uh, it fell flat for me, but no the. Blood Bowl Team Manager, which is another game I've been gushing about a lot lately, but I've... It's an older I, game. Yeah, it's an older game. It was out of print. I got it in a trade. But you can I've, still find it. Like at a, yeah, You can still find like, it, and it's, it's not somewhat it's not, decent price. Yeah, like, it's not too bad. It's a little higher than MSRP, but not not bad. And if you can... You might be able to... I'm sure you can find it at like some, some local stores. Man, it's, it's basically like a fantasy-themed football in the Warhammer universe. Mm. And uh, it's goofy. I mean, there's like... Players called like Crush Face and like um, he's face. my he's my favorite. Yeah, I, 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 like, it. I, I like no. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the, Crush Face. I like like there's one called Long Bomb Silver. I mean, just like little tropes and um, like and great humor moves of things. Yeah, the humor's great. So we we asked Scott if he wanted to play, and he's like, heck yeah, I haven't played it in like three years. So we get we get it out, and so just a little quick refresher, and it was pretty easy for you to pick it up. And we had such a good time. Um, Scott was really fun. Winning. Yeah, Scott and um, winning. And like, I did pretty well. No, I, I was really too far great. behind. I, I was like last place. And I'll say this is the first time I've ever got to play a game with Scott Morris that wasn't work. Like usually when I get to play a game with Scott because he's a publisher and because we're kind of in the media together separately but in the same world as, as the four of us. Usually when I do something with Scott, it's work. Yeah, and uh, this is the first time I got to do something with Scott that wasn't work. Oh, it, like it, it was, was just, just let's just play a game, let's just have fun. It was awesome. Yeah, and like I, I was, like I was the dude who had like had, had knew all the rules and like I and like had I went Gary in there having the strategy. Up, and I, yeah, man. I sucked it up. <laughs> but no, but here's the thing: I did not care. Like at the end of the game, the way the game ended was like so like amazing i was like well i mean if i'm gonna lose at least i like lose in big fashion like that you know i mean so that game is highly entertaining just watching what was your favorite uh <coughs> game experience proper ryan man uh let's see um i'm gonna piggyback with sean and say altiplano was probably my favorite thing while we were there um, but but the game of Eclipse we played after that yeah um, we got to I mean we kind of do our own little retreat thing afterwards we leave a little early and and do a little hey let's just do an us thing yeah so last year Eclipse was was it our number one it was our number one for, for the for 2017 the pub, for the pub but Chuck had not played it yet and so all year we've been like we've got to get this game to the table so he he can play our number one yeah. and you must um, play he didn't have a choice you're yeah, like you're they, gonna play they drug me. So and then we, they demolished me. So we, finally, <laughs> <laughs> so we finally got to play it. Um, so Eclipse is an like older game. Plans. I say no, older. It's uh, from do? what 2011, 2012, something like that. And they just kickstarted the yeah, second kickstarter edition. second edition. Yeah. And so we we got the first edition back out. And I I love that game. It's been consistently in my top five for the last however many years. I've been yeah. keeping track of that, and it's still there. It's still I lost, there. and I still love it. Like it was yeah. a great experience. Even that, that's in, another in one, like. Win lose. I mean, I feel like it's got like a little bit of an arc to it because, like, towards the end, it starts to get kind of like 
Well, it's like the Wild Wild West out here. Like, everyone's, you know, so, like, who's going to go? Like, who's going to go attack? Yeah, you know? Gary kind of feels bad about some things about our last game. But, but oh, Brian, I don't really but feel Brian, bad. Oh, good. I'm glad you don't. Because Brian Casey actually brought up, or proper Brian brought up some good things about this game. Usually, a lot of the games we play, what did you say? Like, we're not we're not as aggressive. We're not as, like, take that with one another. It's, Very way, much, le- it's way less confrontational. Yeah. Game. When you're coming off playing Altiplano, like, yeah. Altiplano is kind like, of like a multiplayer solitary yeah. kind of game more, I mean, more so yeah um, I mean, there's still interaction but it's a there's, yeah, yeah it's but, but when you come off of an experience like that and you you know lay down a bunch of spaceships on a on a map in, in Eclipse and, and and it's important in that game to go at each other and to deny someone else points like move your ships into an area and deny them those points it's important and coming off a, a really a Euro-y Euro game it, Solitary it, Euro, yeah. yeah. It, it, it feel it feels a little kind of off, almost to, to do that. Teeth. Well, so there's a there's a moment in our Eclipse game, and and I'm not saying uh, this would have. Well, it would have. No, changed you're things. saying it. You're saying I would, it. I am saying it would have changed <laughs> things. There's a moment in our Eclipse game where I was like, I need to attack Gary. And this is the moment I need to put him under my thumb and keep him under there the rest of the game. We're in alliance, but the alliance was to my benefit. But I was like, it doesn't matter. Like if I don't do this now, he's going to be a juggernaut. And I didn't do it. Like, I didn't do it because I was like, well, that's not very fun. Like, Gary won't have a very good time. And that's not how you I play Eclipse. But that's the thing, care. though. You don't play Eclipse that way. No, you if don't, you sit son. down to the Eclipse table, you say, it don't matter, buddy. Enjoy, yeah. enjoy your life under my thumb. But I didn't play that way. <laughs> and, and I feel like, I feel like not, that's not, that's not, I'm not trying to take your victory away from you. Um, yes, you are. Mm-hmm. No, I'm really not. Like you, you played your faction correctly. I didn't play my faction correctly. I had the I had the faction that that built ships fast and that moved okay. And I should have I should have invaded you, and we should not have been friends. I felt though there's there's like a, a timing of it because I think like us being allies for the first couple of rounds, maybe even three or four rounds. Was, I left was you. Fine. I left you alone most of the game. Yeah, most of the game. I think there's there's a lot of timing in that game. Us being allies early on was great for both of us because we needed that extra resource. Um, and neither one of us re- was really strong enough militarily to yeah. kind of do much. And, like, I saw you starting to build up, and, like, I hadn't been. So it was like, I got to ramp up, if only. And then I had Chuck on the one border who happened to get some freak of nature, like, defensive tiles that went on. And then he throws Man. in, like... It's like he's like throwing in like uh, star bases, like see, I, star bases. I, okay, so I was turtling up, and I made the mistake of not. My last round, I I decided that I wanted to attack Brian. He's playing Planta for the for you Eclipse. So I, uh, and well, I decided MMO. my last round, I wanted to attack Brian, and I, I completely made the mistake of doing that because he destroyed me with his big missiles and things that blew oh, up those everything. Missiles were tough. Well, I should have I should have just kept turtling and and gone off in my own little because that's what I do anyway. When I play Zaya, I like say bye everybody and then I go explore everywhere. It's kind of what I do. So I, I actually kind of struggle with Eclipse a little bit. It, it's weird to me because I like take that game, so the the confrontation doesn't bother me most of the time. In this game, I, I felt a lot of anxiety. Like I, Gary kept coming up on me with my, I, and I knew at one point he's going to overtake my defense. And I just I could I, I knew not. That, I tried and I could not. I know it was funny because Brian ended up taking me out after. If I would have just kept to my defense and quit trying to attack everybody, but the problem was is I got these I got these really awesome cannons and I was like I I haven't used them all game and I finally got them <laughs> and, I like, and I was like and I was like I need to I need to use my shiny toy for the last round 
and it was the worst idea that I probably made. But I, I don't know. I, I enjoy the game. I, I like the, the technology aspect of it. I really like that when you attack, whether you win or lose, you still get a bunch of points um, based on what you destroy. I think that is a really good way to encourage people to attack. Um, and once I realized that, you know, it didn't bother me as bad. But it's, I don't know. I don't know that 4X is my jam. I would rather play Scythe or Zaya. I don't know. It was, it was a nice experience to have. And I would play it again. It's not like I wouldn't. I've, also, I've often heard of people refer to as a very Euro-style 4X game or space game. And it is. It is Absolutely. very Euro-style. No, I, I, it's one of those games I look back to and say that's kind of where I saw the Euro and Ameritrash kind of games combined. Exactly. Okay, that's like you you get the combat dice chunking kind of even some fiddliness in there of, of like a typical Ameritrash type of game and you but at the same time you get that uh, tension in the economy and uh, managing your resources and your actions and all that from from the other side. That was a game that I that I remember playing for the first time like a long time ago and going okay this this is kind of where i, I want to be you know because i've always enjoyed euros but i've always also enjoyed a good knockdown dice chunking kind of game too but that game balances the two really really well i want i want to include one thing um about my my favorite experience about criticon and i'm not going to get sappy with you guys but honestly it's the it's the three of you like hanging out with you guys getting to do uh getting to eat with you guys like we we always talk about the the pub being kind of our dinner table and kind of an opportunity for the, for um others not just us but our community to to be a part of us but yeah just being with with three of you kind of getting to retreat with you guys and honestly my favorite moments were um gary snoring in the hotel <laughs> and and having having dinner at the at the restaurant Brian found and just just traveling back to Abilene listening to nineties music. Oh, that was cool. We had um, an epic playlist. I was trying to recreate some of that playlist. Like, <laughs> I couldn't remember everything. I was texting you guys. Yeah, but. I mean, I mean, honestly, like like being being a part of this community is like the best thing ever. Um, if you're not a part of a local community, get be a part of one. And if you're in Abilene, come come hang out with us and we'll oh, do it totally. with you. So, oh yeah. Well. I guess it's a good. Uh, that's a that's a great note to to end on, guys. Can we all so, can we all hug? Oh yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah, we'll bring it in for a hug here. In, in we're we're hugging minute. right now. Yeah, yeah, you just right. can't see us. Yeah. We're hugging. This is this well, is our. <laughs> well, thanks for uh, man. Thanks for getting together again, guys. And um, yeah, I enjoyed our conversation. For you, those out there listening, uh, just, again, we're on uh, pubpeople.com or uh, on youtube.com slash pubmeeple. Also on uh, Instagram and Twitter. But um, thanks, guys, and I guess we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Wayne's World. Excellent. No. And then, you know.